RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Civil Service Secretary seeks to allay fears about the oath that civil servants are required to sign. A restaurant sector spokesman says new measures to ease social distancing could save more than 2,000 eateries. And President Joe Biden launches a review of the US military stance towards China, calling for a strong approach. The Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nipp, says if government employees accept the content in the declaration of loyalty that they have to sign, they won't feel as if a knife is hanging over their heads. Timmy Song reports. Hundreds of thousands of civil servants have been given four weeks to sign a declaration that they will uphold the basic law, pledge allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR, be dedicated to their duties and be responsible to the government or face the sack. Speaking in an interview with RTHK, Patrick Nip insisted the declaration is just a confirmation process, as those responsibilities exist from day one when they joined the civil service. Asked if the declaration is retrospective and could allow the government to hold civil servants accountable for their views in the past, the civil service minister said it would depend on whether any laws or regulations have been broken, saying there are mechanisms to follow. The president of the Federation of Restaurants says the easing of anti-pandemic measures should help more than 2,000 eateries survive. Simon Wong said yesterday's decision to allow restaurants to host diners until 10pm from next Thursday was welcome news and he hopes to see further easing soon. There are about 3,000 restaurants at the verge of closing down from today. If we don't have the new measure, then these 3,000 restaurants will definitely be affected and will be closing down. But then with the new measure, I think at least we can save, you know, 70 or 80 percent of the restaurants. And of course, I hope that with this strict control, the restaurant business will resume more business and the government would have more measures to relax the social distancing restrictions. Under the changes planned for next week, venues including cinemas, gyms and amusement centres can also reopen. Customers, though, must use the Leave Home Safe contact tracing app or give personal details. The Health Minister, Sophia Chan, has called on the public to work together in fighting the coronavirus during the Lunar New Year holiday, warning that otherwise the epidemic could rebound. She announced yesterday that if there's no outbreak after the holidays, then social distancing measures can be relaxed, with venues reopening and restaurant dining times getting extended. Ms Chan said on RTHK that officials won't be making a decision on this based on one or two days of confirmed COVID cases, but after analysing the overall epidemic trend. A group of tourism sector representatives is urging the government to allow Hong Kongers to go to Sunjun to get COVID-19 vaccines, using cross-boundary coaches as their point-to-point pickup. Working in concert with local MPC and CPPCC deputies, the representatives said quarantine-free day vaccination trips are feasible for people who need it for their business or personal requirements. Local deputies, including Nick Chan, recently travelled to Sunjun to get inoculated and said the process went smoothly, showing that it's viable. Here is Nick Chan. As a bubble, we move up. As a bubble, we come down and we don't get to interact with anyone who's not within the bubble except for people who are in full PPE gear and who know what they're doing. It was quite efficient. Uh, If it only takes a few hours to solve a problem, why not? The key isn't about prioritizing this over a local Hong Kong vaccination program. This is about making available more avenues for people to be able to be vaccinated quickly, efficiently and safely. 
Hong Kong is expected to start its vaccination program after the Chinese New Year. But Freddie Yip, chairman of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association, says his sector can't wait for months for more vaccines to be approved for the SAR and for the wider population to be vaccinated. He hopes normal cross-border travels can resume as soon as possible. Totally and completely, we don't have any business for almost one year. We can wait in Hong Kong, but as we know that it will take some more months and we cannot afford to wait for another month. President Joe Biden has spoken to his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping for the first time since taking office last month. The White House said Mr Biden expressed concern over Beijing's clampdown in Hong Kong and the treatment of Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. It's nearly a year since the leaders of the two countries last spoke directly. Earlier, President Biden unveiled a review of the U.S. military stance towards China, saying the United States needs a strong approach. But he stressed that his administration will use force only as a last resort. Mike Weeks has more. On his first visit to the Pentagon as president, Mr Biden announced a special Defence Department task force on China and ordered an immediate review of the military's strategic approach to the challenge from Beijing. The task force has four months to come up with assessments and recommendations on US military strategy towards China. Technology, force structure and force posture, and alliances and bilateral defence relations with Beijing. Mr Biden said the move was necessary so the U.S. can, as he put it, chart a strong path forward on China-related matters. President Biden also said the United States was taking action against Myanmar's military, including freezing access to U.S.-based assets as he urged its generals to relinquish power. Separately, the State Department said U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has voiced concern over China's incursions into Japanese territorial waters, recommitting to the Allies' defence. It said that in a telephone call, Mr Blinken and Japanese Foreign Minister Toshimitsu Motegi had expressed concern over increased Chinese assertiveness around the Senkaku Islands, following China's enactment of a new Coast Guard law. Tokyo has voiced alarm over increased Chinese incursions after Beijing enacted legislation allowing its Coast Guard to use weapons against foreign ships seen as illegally entering its waters. Excuse me one second. Dramatic video evidence of last month's storming of the US Congress by supporters of Donald Trump has been played to US senators at his second impeachment trial. They also heard recordings of panicked radio messages between police as they were overwhelmed. The former president's lawyers say he bears no responsibility for the attack, but Democrats accused him of cultivating, praising and channeling violence. David Cicilline is among those presenting the case against Mr Trump. What we know without any doubt is that from the very beginning, the people around Donald Trump lobbied him to take command. What's also clear is what Donald Trump, our commander-in-chief, did in those initial hours to protect us. Nothing. Not. A. Thing. The BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher has been following the proceedings. It's very different from the previous impeachment trial, which was quite legalistic and dry. This was very fast-paced, very visual, very well-packaged, very coordinated. They kept reinforcing what each other had said and making their cases as strongly as they could. And I think the audience was, of course, the Republican senators who they're trying to convince to vote against Mr. Trump, reminding them what a dreadful day they had, reminding them that Mr. Trump didn't come to their rescue, but also directed at the American people, especially those who voted for President Trump, 
to try to convince them that this was just all wrong. A new report has set out the scale of the economic problem facing oil and gas producing countries if the world meets internationally agreed targets to limit global warming. A London think tank called Carbon Tracker said dozens of governments face trillions of dollars in losses in the next two decades. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Carbon Tracker describes its report as a wake-up call. It says that containing global warming would reduce total government revenue up to 2040 for some countries, including Saudi Arabia, Nigeria and Iraq, by between 20 and 40 percent. For some, including Angola and Azerbaijan, the predicted loss is even larger. The report calls for the rest of the world to help 40 highly oil and gas dependent countries to diversify their economies. It says there's a moral case for it, as some of them are very poor. U.S. porn mogul Larry Flint, best known as the publisher of Hustler magazine and a self-styled free speech champion, has died in Los Angeles, aged 78. Family members confirmed the death but did not cite a specific cause. Celebrity outlet TMZ, which broke the news, said Mr. Flint has died from a heart failure. Mr. Flint, a self-described smut peddler with a heart, rose from poverty to run a vast adult entertainment empire. He published the first issue of Hustler magazine, created as a lowbrow, explicit counterpart to magazines like Playboy, in 1974. Uber has announced mixed results for the final quarter of 2020 as the pandemic affected the firm in different ways. The company has never made a profit. The BBC's Michelle Fleury has more. More of us are ordering food to eat at home during the pandemic. That has helped Uber. Revenue from its food delivery business more than tripled from a year ago. But the performance of Uber Eats wasn't enough to offset the decline in its rideshare business. Uber's net loss for the final three months of last year was $968 million. Still, the moves it took early on in the health crisis to save money, including laying off a quarter of its staff, are paying off. Uber's loss for all of 2020 narrowed significantly from the previous year. An international study of a new obesity drug has found it to be so effective that it could be used as an alternative to weight loss surgery. The injection works by reducing appetite. The BBC's Jim Reid has more. This drug, called semaglutide, is already being used to treat diabetes. The trial of 2,000 adults in 16 countries used it at higher doses to try and reduce obesity. The average weight loss was far more than in the group which received a dummy jab. The study's authors at University College London said no other drug has come close to producing that kind of result. Other scientists were more cautious. They said part of the weight loss could be down to people changing their behaviour and more work is needed. To finance news, a short time ago the Hang Seng Index ended at 30,173. That's 134 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $92.1 billion. It's only a half day's trading today ahead of the Lunar New Year. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.58 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 73 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Richard Pine. We start with football and Manchester City have set a new English record for consecutive wins on their way to the FA Cup quarterfinals. Their 3-1 win over championship side Swansea extends their winning run in all competitions to 15 games and keeps their hopes of a historic quadruple of trophies alive. Raheem Sterling and Gabriel Jesus were on target for City and Kyle Walker got the opener. Sometimes I'd hate to be this manager. It seems every 11 that he puts out seems to put a good performance in. But it's a good problem to have. You know, I think that shows that the level that this football club's moving. You know, we, we want to achieve great things here and hopefully we can do. 
At Goodison Park, substitute Bernard fired Everton into the quarterfinals with an extra-time goal, sealing an astonishing 5-4 victory over Tottenham. Spurs striker Harry Kane had come off the bench to level things up at 4-4 and send the tie into extra time, but Bernard's effort means the Toffees are into the last eight as they seek to win their first FA Cup trophy since 1995. Duncan Ferguson is the Everton assistant manager. To be fair, it was brilliant because we won. But, um, it was an exciting game, wasn't it? Uh, I think Tottenham started a lot better and was a lot brighter. They, they got themselves in the lead. I think we got ourselves back into the game. Going on th- up at 3-1, you know what I mean? Thinking we're getting to half-time at 3-1 and off a sudden they score. So it pushes in the back foot a little bit. But it was an exciting game. It was fantastic. We're in the quarter-final, as you said. You know, why not? We can, we can win it this year. We're in there. We've, we've proved great character tonight. Good performance. We scored a lot of good goals. And let's hope we can get through the next round. Elsewhere, Kalechi Iheanacho came off the bench to score a last-minute winner for Leicester in a 1-0 win over Brighton. Sheffield United were also 1-0 winners over Bristol City. Billy Sharp converting a penalty after Bristol's Alfie Mawson was sent off for handling a goal-bound shot. To tennis, the defending Australian Open champion Sofia Kennan has been knocked out by unseeded Estonian Kaya Kanepi in straight sets. An upset had been on the cards, with Kennan visibly frustrated during her victory in the previous round, saying she would try to put her emotions aside for the match against Kanepi. She was broken once in the first set and twice in the second, losing 6-3, 6-2 in just over an hour. World number one, Australian Ashley Barty also struggled to hit top form, but still dug out a win against compatriot Daria Gavrilova, advancing to the next round in straight sets. She wrapped up the first 6-1 in just 27 minutes, despite being broken in the first game. The second set was tighter. Barty was at one point serving for the match at 5-2, but Gavrilova fought back to force a tiebreak, Barty eventually taking it 7-6. In the men's draw, Rafael Nadal will play American Michael Moe as he attempts to regain full fitness after injury. My back is not perfect, as I said a couple of days ago. Every day that I am able to, to go through, probably there, there are more chances to get better. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, no? So um, there is always a chance to, a chance to improve, and that's, uh, that's why I'm here playing and fighting to, to try to, to get better and then give, me, give myself a chance. Eighth seed Andre Rublev is through to the next round. He beat Brazil's Thiago Monteiro, 6-4-6-4-7-6. And that's your look at sport. Thanks, Richard. One more sports line for you. Tokyo Olympics chief Yoshiro Mori is reportedly to resign over sexist remarks that have sparked outrage in Japan and abroad. Multiple major Japanese media outlets, quoting unnamed sources, said Mr Mori had told officials of his wish to step down and intends to announce his resignation at a meeting of games organisers tomorrow. The gaff-prone Tokyo 2020 boss has been under increasing pressure since he said last week that women have difficulty speaking concisely. He apologised for the remarks, but then insisted that he'd heard complaints that women speak at length. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. The government provides public COVID-19 testing services through different channels. Those without symptoms but feel they have a higher risk of exposure can visit designated public clinics or other distribution points to obtain free test kits. Those having compulsory tests can visit community testing centers for free testing. The centers also provide self-paid services to those needing test reports for personal use. If feeling ill, see a doctor promptly and don't go elsewhere. Amid the epidemic, thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others. Thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus. We must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. 
Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight the virus. Stay vigilant.